Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the Silver King's letters, Dearest Ones, from Columbia Army Air Base in South Carolina. It's the very end of April 1944. Stanley is about to embark on a series of grand adventures as he continues to train in bigger planes. As he writes to his family on Saturday, April 29, 1944. Dearest ones, missed hearing from you today, but since I received two yesterday, you're forgiven. I hope you're well and taking care of yourselves. I finally flew that cross-country last night, and after we got back, we found out we weren't even supposed to go. Since the mission was strictly navigation, our co-pilot wasn't scheduled to go with us, because in order to navigate, I must sit in the co-pilot's seat if the nose is blacked out. Well, I haven't been checked out as a co-pilot, so it was against regulations for us to take off. Of course, we didn't know about this and flew a swell mission regardless. With the aid of my pilot, I performed the duties without any trouble. Nonetheless, a Czech pilot will check me out tomorrow morning. Yes, tomorrow is a working day due to all the bad weather we've had. I fly in the morning and maybe tomorrow night. This afternoon, instead of flying, I had my pilot and co-pilot on the bomb trainer with me. I'm trying to make bombardiers out of them so they can fly a better bombing mission. We're getting along much better now. My pilot seems to be softening up some, and my co-pilot has been a regular fellow from the beginning. He and I get along swell. I like him very much. I suppose as time goes by, we all will be drawn closer together. I'm glad you wrote the Wade Hampton. Let me know the minute you receive an answer. I surely hope you won't have any trouble. You haven't mentioned anything about Leona. Will she be here also? Keep your fingers crossed that I won't have to work that Sunday. Two weeks from tomorrow, and I am getting excited. I hope you'll stay over until Tuesday. I'll be off Monday morning and night so we could be together that much longer. There is no other news. Keep well and write soon. I'll call Monday night if it's possible. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Our hero concludes his April writing with a remarkable letter dated Sunday, April 30th, 1944. Dearest ones, Disappointed because of not hearing from you again today. You've been swell about writing, and when I don't hear, I worry. I do hope you're well, and all is okay. Please write as often as you can. I just flew a local transitional mission for four hours this morning. My pilot checked me out on the duties as a co-pilot, and I flew the plane all over the sky. It was a big thrill for me, as it had been such a long time since I had been at the controls. Now, I'm officially a co-pilot among my other duties. Quite a versatile guy, aren't I? Bombardier, navigator, co-pilot, and gunner. 
just a one-man crew. Flying was canceled tonight, surprising us all. It seems someone got kind-hearted all at once. Since tomorrow is payday, I'll be in town tomorrow night to do some shopping. So if I don't call, you'll know why. If it's at all possible, though, I'll try. I'm fine and looking forward anxiously to our weekend together. I hope you're well. Let me know if your plans change. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Our hero, the Silver King, is now officially a co-pilot almost one year to the day after he washed out of pilot school in Lakeland, Florida. Stanley's May of 1944 began with a wonderful family visit over the first weekend of the month. And he writes about it on Tuesday, May 9th. Dearest ones, I sincerely hope you arrived safely and the trip wasn't too tiresome. Being with you over the much too short weekend was undoubtedly the most wonderful thing I could have wished for. It was so grand being with you, but as usual, the time flew by. It seemed like you had just arrived when you had to leave. Even so, I thank God for the opportunity, and I thank you also for being so sweet in coming. I'm only sorry I wasn't able to spend more time with you. I wonder if it would be asking too much if I prayed for another such glorious chance. Today I received your box of candy from New Orleans. You were right. It is different and truly delicious. Thanks so much for being so grand and kind. I sincerely appreciate all you're doing for me. Monday afternoon we flew a local formation mission. We went through the procedure of flying formation through the clouds. For a change, it was very interesting. I would have written you about it last night, but I was too tired. That's why I'm sending this special. This morning, we flew a calibration mission. I swung the compass and calibrated the airspeed instrument. It wasn't too difficult. Tonight, we were scheduled to fly to Jasper. However, it had to be canceled as our co-pilot didn't show up and my pilot refused to fly without him. I assure you, it didn't make me mad. It gives me a chance to catch up on sleep. It is so damn hot here during the day, as you know, that by night I'm worn out. Thank goodness the nights are cool. There is no further news. I hope you're well and Ida's husband is better. My love to her. Please write as soon as you get the chance. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King's flying adventures continue with a surprising letter from St. Louis, Missouri. Written on a letterhead stationery from the Hotel Mayfair in St. Louis. The address is 8th and St. Charles Streets, St. Louis, Missouri. The Silver King writes from his hotel on Friday, May 12th. Dearest ones, As you can see from the stationery, this will be another surprise to you. Right now I'm living like a king and seeing the fair city of St. Louis for the first time. It was one of those peculiar circumstances again that somehow put me here. 
Thursday morning with my crew, I left Columbia on a long cross-country. We were to go to Omaha, Nebraska, remain there for the afternoon, and return to Columbia Thursday night. It's a regular scheduled mission, and we picked Omaha because one of the instructor pilots had a leave, and Omaha was his home. Well, we reached there after five hours, but then things started happening. The weather started closing in, and we thought it would be best to go back to St. Louis to get out of it. We ate lunch in Omaha and then left coming here about six last night. We were going to eat dinner and then return to Columbia, only we developed a little plane trouble and had to remain overnight. Officially, it's R-O-N, remain overnight. It wasn't fixed by today, so that's why I'm still here. And that's how I happen to be in St. Louis. We'll probably leave in the morning, but I didn't want you to worry from not hearing from me. In the meantime, we're taking in the city and having lots of fun. I've really been fortunate in seeing the country. I hope you're well. We'll write as soon as I get back. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King's fun and good fortune continues as he writes on Tuesday, May 16th, 1944. Dearest ones, I have so much to tell you, I hardly know where to begin. First of all, it was grand talking to you, Mother, but I'm terribly sorry I missed you, Dad. I thought surely you would be home. By calling early, I don't have as long a delay as it is later. I would have called last night, as per usual, but you will see why I didn't. I'll start from the beginning and try to tell you coherently all what happened in the past six days. We left here Thursday morning with Omaha as our destination. It was a regular scheduled mission. That is, the schedule calls for a cross-country in the morning and returning the same night. The fellows usually pick Miami as this mission, but it so happened that one of the instructors had a leave and Omaha was his home. So we decided to give him a break and take him home. It took us five hours to get there, the longest cross-country I've ever had. So we were all plenty tired. However, just as we landed, the weather started to look bad, and we thought it be best to get back to St. Louis to get out of it in order to enable us to get back home that night. After eating lunch and servicing the ship, we immediately took off for St. Louis. It took us almost two hours to reach St. Louis. There, our trouble began to show itself. The flaps on the wings weren't working normally, and we had to use the emergency to get them down. It wasn't anything serious, but could eventually develop into something. We reported it immediately upon landing, and after a thorough inspection, was determined our hydraulic system was out, and they didn't have the necessary parts to replace the old ones. They had to wire for them, and that's how I came to be here for such a long time. And now I'll tell you what a wonderful time I had. 
Thursday night, my co-pilot and I stayed in a hotel in town while my pilot went to see an aunt of his. I was anxious to see the city and have a good time, and I did just that. There weren't many soldiers at all, and we were the only flying personnel in the city. Consequently, anything was ours for the asking. Honestly, we had to almost fight the women off. It didn't take any time for us to meet two cute girls who showed us the town. Friday night, we stayed in town again to repeat the good time we had the night before. I had the cutest blonde you've ever seen. Saturday night was relinquished to spend the evening with my pilot and his aunt. We didn't relish this because it didn't sound exciting at all. But were we mistaken? The aunt turned out to be a woman about your age, mother, and with just as much life as you have. She took us to dinner in a very nice place in town and afterwards showed us all the nightclubs we had missed. I never drank so much in all my life, but this is only the beginning. She is a widow with two sons in the army overseas and seems to be worth plenty of money. Her husband was district attorney for St. Louis and surprisingly a Jew. Anyhow, she was loads of fun and showed us a marvelous time. We had a picture taken in one of the clubs, and as soon as I can get a big enough envelope, I'll mail it to you. Now for the best part of all. She lives 30 miles out of the city on what she calls a farm. Believe me, it was far from anything you would call a farm. I was really shocked when I saw it because I had actually expected to see a farm. Instead, it turns out to be a summer home in the country, just like the ones you see in the movies. It was beautiful. The kind of place everyone dreams of owning. I know I could have easily spent the rest of my life here. We didn't get there until the wee hours of the morning, but right away she brings out the bottle and we started drinking again. She and I were the only ones drinking scotch and the only ones sober. We sat there drinking all night, and it was daylight when we finally went to bed. Sunday, we slept until the afternoon, and late in the day, we went horseback riding on her horses. You can easily see what a grand time we had, but that ain't all. Sunday night, we had barbecued ribs, which she fixed herself on the pit outside. It reminded me very much of a day on Uncle Dave's farm, only very much more modern. Again, that night and most of the day, we were drinking. I honestly believe my veins have alcohol in them instead of blood. Of course, we drank only the 12-year-old, old rarity scotch. Well, Monday, our little vacation was over as we had to go back to the field. Our ship was ready to go about nine o'clock last night, and we took off. But about 30 minutes out, we had to turn back due to the weather. We spent the night on the field. That's why I didn't call last night. It was too late by the time we got away from the line. And that brings us up to date. We left St. Louis at 1230 today and got here at four. 
I really hated to come back after such a glorious time. It seems like something that only happens in stories. I've never met a grander person than Mom Philipson. That was the aunt. The good news I mentioned is that it seems that since we have missed so many missions and are so far behind the others that our class will leave without us, they should pull out very soon, but we'll be here a while longer. Everything happens for the best. Write real soon. Keep well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley's five-page missive about his adventures in St. Louis and meeting Mom Philipson and spending the weekend on her summer estate. And tucked between the pages of that letter is the photograph of Mom Philipson with her guys. She took them for a night on the town, which included a stop at the Park Plaza Hotel. And there they sit at a foretop, three smiling, very young Air Corps officers, and Mom Philipson, lovely and wistful at the same time. And with their cocktails, they were smoking Lucky Strikes. Stanley's five-page descriptive letter was of such significance that each time I read it, I wonder so much about how the war took shape for all of these young men, because this was a trip, a training mission, that changed the course of the King's War. And, of course, that meant that his training would go on for a little bit longer in the States, and that as his unit, his class, shipped out of Columbia, South Carolina, he would remain behind. And the class that shipped was probably going overseas to fly on D-Day on June 6, 1944. Stanley wrote to his parents on Thursday, May 18, 1944. Dearest ones, just a line to let you know I'm fine and thinking of you. It was terribly hot today, and at this point I'm completely worn out. All the whiskey I've had lately is coming out in sweat but good. I've been flying consistently, as could be expected, since we were gone so long. Yesterday morning it was a bombing mission, and last night it was across country. This afternoon we flew two bombing missions, and if I do say so myself, it was very good bombing. On my very first bomb, I hit the shack, the first one I've had since bombing school. My pilot was pretty proud of me, I received a swell knife from Lena and Duddy. It is exactly what I wanted to carry overseas with me. They surely have been sweet to me. We'll close for now as I'm awfully sleepy. Keep well and write soon. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. As our hero, the Silver King, revels in his bombing mission and his success in hitting the shack, we have reached the end of... Columbia Letters, Part 7. As the Silver King continues his advanced training, and June looms, and he is wondering what's ahead. And you are listening to The Silver King's War. <laughs>